going, everyone? Episode seven of the Tin Talk Pod. Thank you for joining us. I'm here with Joey Threshold. Is that my name? It is. After now that you do double threshold consistently, and after I saw both sessions live, yeah, uh, from mainly from behind you because I was dying and then running not that fast. So that's my weekly training update for you, Joey. How was this past week for you? This past week for running here in general. I like it. I like everyone. I like when we talk about our lives. All right, a little soft lunch. Soft lunch. Uh, I don't know. I've just been training. I have not done anything outside of running. Uh, that's good. What did I did last week? Nine to five. Woo! Went to trivia last night. Did you get anything right? Roxy and I are in trivia training. Yes, I got something right. What was it? It was a question about the Milwaukee Brewers, and it was like a nice. board. board or, it was like, yeah, I answer all baseball questions. But, um, Morgan went to trivia, and she came back, and she asked me like some obscure football question, and I nailed it. Yeah. And uh, that, that felt good. Yeah. So it asked, like, what were the two elements of the Milwaukee Brewers logo? And Roxy's like, there's a baseball bat in there. I'm like, no, there's not. Well, there's baseball. Uh, like, a lot of food. <laughs> stay with us. She's like, are you sure? And I'm like, I am 100% positive. So... I got that question right. Um, I got I got free beer because I got a bonus question. All right, right. What's that negative? How many miles? Oh, wait for my stock stock down. <laughs> um, I had I had a beer, so that's minus 0.5. I say half last. So like ninety three miles. That's ninety three and a half miles. So probably last year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, life life's good. Um, the dog is still annoying, but the love will love my life. I love that little figgy. Figgy bop is what I call her. So, yeah. How was your week? It was good. Um, I definitely took a big jump in training. Setting. I also, yep, 70, broke the big 70-mile threshold. I feel like that's a pretty legit week mm-hmm. again. So, very happy about that. And I made some big jumps in uh, online Katak. Oh, wow. Big jumps. Let's hear it. So before it was just that getting getting to diamond was kind of like the important one. Yeah, was like kind of the big. Uh, so like if people that don't know that are watching, Colonist is an online game of Catan that myself, Austin, and Joey. I know you've been addicted to it in the past. I don't know where you're at currently with it, but I'm on the online chess trade right now. Okay. Okay. They want online chess. You got the, the, the message boards on the online catalog so a little too much for you. So you have to go to No, I would a little bit too much. I'll print yourself somewhere. Why would you bother me? <laughs> I, it's equally as frustrating when I say something mean and it gets like blocked because it's like, please use friendly language in the chat. And I try to like, no, no, no. They keep helping. Like, how am I going to say shit and fun without them blocking this out? So, yeah. <laughs> I just call people morons. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but anyway, I, at one point, I lost two games yesterday. So I fell. But at one point, I was 60 in the world. That in an online catastrophe. Super concerning. <laughs> uh, I told Morgan that, and she was like, so do you think you're better at Catan or running right now in the world? And I was like, ah, definitely better at Catan than I am running in the world. I'm definitely not ranked in the no, right now. Right now. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. Nobody who is ranked in the world. Well, I never thought I would be in the top point zero zero 
people, and this is worldwide. This is not like US or anything like US. This is a very popular site too. Like this is the go-to online Catan plugin. Yeah, so if you want some smoke, hit me up on Colonist and we'll, we'll, I'll run that I'll run that table up on you. That's <laughs> time we start putting money out on this. Yeah, it's interesting how different, differently I play online than with people. Um, just with like the different strategy and how much more aggressive you have to be online versus in person, like it can really bite you in the butt really quickly if you try to like attack people. Whereas like online, it's like you have to. Right. And that just sucks. Well, yeah, if you don't do it, they're going to attack you. So yeah. Anyway. Uh, so that is a pretty big synopsis of my last week because I have a lot of, some, a lot of hours there to get to that point. So it was basically running online Catan and an afternoon doubling, which I did do for the first time this week. Nice. Stock up, doubling, stock up. Uh, that, was, that is doubling. It's a big part of my stock up and my stock down over to you. So anyway, do you want to give us a quick rundown of your training last week? Oh uh, yeah. I mean, so I hit 95 miles last week. Um, Monday, uh, well, here's the thing. I was traveling. This was like the second week of our 14 day cycle. So usually we do our double threshold on Wednesday and then our uh, hill workout, VO2 max workout, which is just hill repeats right now on Saturday. However, I was traveling early Wednesday morning with my dog. So I had to inquire with Joan about moving the run to or my double threshold, threshold workout to Tuesday and then get back on with you guys on um on Saturday. So she agreed. So basically Monday was like my typical 10 and four day, um, back in Belmont, California, heaviest, heaviest town in the world. Um, shout out, shout out thousand feet climbing in 10 miles. I'm in four miles. It's actually 4,000 feet. Sorry. A thousand feet of climbing. thousand. Okay. I was going to say to 4,000. I say you're just straight up. Just you're ready for the UTMB. Yeah, basically. Oh, I took a pilgrimage to my old high school cross country course, which it always feels good. Always feels good to come back and remember the roots a little bit. Yeah, it was good. Teller's dad, our production guy, Teller, his dad raced on that course in high school too. See what to say with TLI. Did yeah. you, uh, you should ask Mark about Frank Shore, Frank Shore race on that course too. What, uh, does he have the course record or does Sam Teller's dad have the course record? You have the course record. <laughs> <laughs> Is it actually your dad? No. <laughs> the high school course record is from a guy in the 70s who he ran like a 218, 219 marathon in the same year. And so he's just, it's a heli course. So you just got to be strong, man. So all that. Anyways, yeah, 10 and 4 in the morning, or sorry, 10 and 4 on Monday. Tuesday, I did my double threshold AM on Stanford's campus. My mom works right near there. So I dropped her off, took the car down to Stanford, just flexed on those nerds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, you got to do good at what do you do in your startups? I'm over here running threshold and yeah, I'm working. I'm working. I figure what no, I'm missing yard. Um, so yeah, I did five by six minutes in the morning on the grass on like the interview fields next to like all Stanford's like soccer and field hockey fields. And then in the PM, I went to uh, college Santeo. Shout out Sam Teller's dad again. Um, and my dad, my sister, who all went there. You went there, right? Your dad? Yeah. So, um, Shout out to all of them. I did a, I did 10 miles total and I did 10 by K or I did nine by K with 200 jog. I did all 10 miles in one direction on, on the track. It is because there's other people or it's so hilly there. There's no good place to warm up or cool down. And then the football team and the cheerleading team are both practicing. So I didn't want to be running in the opposite direction and like confuse them for sure. I running the wrong way. For sure. I ran 10 miles in the same direction. Was the football and cheerleading team out there at the same time, like good motivation? 
It was fun. You know what the cool part was? Was that one of the linemen coach for the CSN football team was the linemen coach at Sarah High School where I went. No, no way. High school. And he used to yell at me. Said, virtual, could you ask faster? No way. Did he recognize you? No, I didn't say hi. Yeah, I'm a little made out of that story. So, I mean, they just won the California, like, community state championship. So they're really good. Um, And yeah, I would have thought, like, if you like, at one point, he like went to walk up to the bathroom. I thought I might have caught him there, but I was on the other side of the track. Would he do or else it would have given him a little like, remember me? Yeah. Shout out, Coach Hardy. Shout out, Coach Hardy. Jason Hardy. Nice. Uh, stock up CSN football. Very good. Um, so, anyway, so that was a 21 mile day. Wednesday, um, I just ran an easy nine when I got back um, from travel. Thursday uh, was another easy 10. That's when it was like kind of snowy, I think. It was, no, no. I ran out on Lobo on Wednesday. It was awful. It was so iced over and snowy. Yeah. I ran the opposite direction the other the other day more closely. Older, older's really didn't mess with us because I ran Lobo today. It was amazing. Right. And it's going to snow again on Friday. No, so we're just going to lose Lobo all over again. Still, no, it's not going to snow on Friday. We're good. Forecast says we're good. We're fine. Don't worry about it. It's going to be great. I ran town for Thursday, boring, stock down, 10-mile runs. Friday, I ran my 10 and 5 double. Five-mile doubles were in, stock up. Saturday, talentless doubles. Yeah, Saturday, hard man, working man's doubles. Saturday, uh, Drew and I did 18 by 200-meter hills. Um, we ran them a bit slower. It was a bit colder this time around. I think we... Started at like our slowest one was 36 on the first one, but then we got into good rhythm running on 34s. And then the last nine, we ran like 33, 32s. And then Sunday was just an easy night and a half. And that's how you run a 95 mile week. Let's go. Yeah, my week was pretty, um, pretty ass, pretty boring. So I'll, <laughs> yeah, you should. Um, <laughs> um, I basically did, I got up to 70 and I did that uh, with no days off. Uh, easy days were like nine miles and on the workout days I went to Dateson Mesa and I did mile um that was this that was the best week for me yeah and then why you say you guys went to Dateson Mesa yeah on Wednesday we were at Dateson Mesa it was like just good enough to run on it like mm-hmm. there was like a good amount of snow but we were able to like go on like the sides that were melted yeah so it worked out a little sloppy, a little slow, but average like five, just caps locked on 515 pace. And I was pretty happy about that. Did six miles worth of work, of threshold work. Uh, I think I was like three, four on the lactate test. Nice. Um, so a little high, but overall close enough to feel good about it. And then, yeah, that was pretty much it for the week. Um, got in a nice little long run. Um, and then just did my cross training as usual. I did two hundreds on Saturday. I did. Yes, thank you. Thanks Thank for reminding me. I did do two hundreds. I did twelve two hundreds. First time getting back into race rhythm stuff with Austin. Good to sync up with him. That workout would have sucked, even though it wasn't that many reps. It still just would have felt like I wasn't there forever, just because. Yeah, just because it feels like, it can be a while when it's just you on the track. All right, be honest with me. Did the wind get worse after we left? It did. The during the threshold, so it was twelve two hundred starting at like thirty threes. It got down to thirty ones, 
And then we actually hit 30 for our last one. Mm. Big time. Yeah. That's that's gourmet face. Yeah. That's right. For those listening, watch out. Stock got kind of miles. And the wind did pick up threshold. Like I did two miles worth threshold after a five of five pace. And that was um, a little windy. Yeah. So the, here's, here's the big debate now is that there was big controversy on Saturday because Drew and I had L's. Austin technically had L's if he wanted to. You're not going to win this debate Joan, because you did hill sprints. Joan, north to south. Joan, Joan gave Austin the liberty to do what he felt like was best because John Mark were in Boston. So Austin kind of had free rate and you got 200s. The big debate was it was going to get windy at, the forecast said like 9.30, 10 o'clock. So Drew and I said, let's get up early. Let's go at 8 a.m., get these hills over with before it gets too windy. It doesn't matter which way the wind is blowing. The fact that it was going to be windy was not was not something else. I ended up believing you bought into that so quickly. I did because I wanted to get it over with. Yeah. I just, I just don't care. I can do the wind. I just don't care for it. Especially on those days where you're running faster, I wanted to heat up as much as possible. It was already so The thing was that the wind makes it colder when it's cold out. It was 30, 30 degrees. The wind's going to make it much worse. I did it much colder after when... You guys were running your 200s when the wind started picking up, like wind chill. I heard it stock up wind chill. That's that was my idea. It was going to get colder as the wind was going to get more. So let us know in the comments. Would you rather go early to avoid the wind or sleep in a little bit so you can do your warm up and activations? Yes. I say air quotes for our Spotify <laughs> listeners and uh, go a little bit later and take on the wind because that was clearly dividing the four of us. I was, I heard us always take. Especially in the winter, the later route. You and Austin both. Yes. He is your disciple of Fleetus. He is. He also by a disciple. 30 minutes further away than you exactly. do. That, that definitely adds it on even more. All right, let's get into our next segment. Everyone's favorite, stock up, stock down. I have some pretty good ones this week. I'm going to kick us off. Stock up. Tin Man Elite. I'm going to say Tin Man Elite stock up. Yep. That was going to be our final first one, too. Let's go. No, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, we announced three new athletes this weekend. We talked about them on the last pod with Coach Mark Hunter. If you haven't heard this po- the last podcast and you skipped over this one because you wanted to hear this one, go and listen to that one because that's a great listen. A lot of OG throwbacks and everything. But we announced three new runners, two new women uh, onto the team, and two of the races past weekend. A uh, big 15-18 for Katie, who's coming on the pa- podcast later today. So if you are bored of our chitter-chatter, go ahead and skip forward like 20, 30 minutes and get to that podcast with Katie and I. And uh, yeah, stock up to Manly. Stock greets your members. And board coming. Yeah. This is going to kind of go along with one of my uh, stock downs last week. Paying $100 around 5 k Kind of worth it, I would say, for some people. <laughs> stock up, paying a hundred dollars for a box. Stock up, like worth it. the hand fatty your NCA rack is still fat. So give your NCA qualifier out of the way. That's kind of worth it, you know. So um, I think I saw a stat that like Cities Mag or somebody they was in uh, Merber's newsletter at the lap count um, that like twelve people have worried twelve guys have already run under um, thirteen twenty nine, which was the last time in to NCAs last year. Yeah, for 5K, which is insane. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just absolutely insane. It's crazy. I thought at one point when I first started riding professionally that if I broke 1330 in a 5K, I was getting that contract. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now and I was bucking this dollar. You know what I mean? Was like I was like, if I'm in thirds or twice, I'm 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 a pro. Yeah. 
Well, no, that's exactly what happened. You ran 1329, you got an Adidas contract. But no, it was more than that. I had to run mile, right. did that, and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I didn't follow me. All right, go ahead. Uh, I have stock up doubling for CJ Albertson. You see, Psychopath ran in the CIM Marathon and oh, yeah. decided to double after later that night, eight miles. Doubling, stock up, eight miles. Can we even count eight miles as a fucking double? So that he ran a 30 mile day. More than that. Jeez. A marathon's 26 miles, first off. You got to run mile and a half warm up, maybe? Yeah. You definitely cooled. Yeah, I do it cool down. Do you think? Yeah. Shout out CJ Albertson, friend of the pod, grinder. Is that? Friend of the pod. Well, we've talked about him enough time. I like him. He's a friend. He's a, he's got a horny kid. I like the guy. You know, maybe one day you'll come to Boulder and come to the pod. Yeah. I have a strict no Zoom collar on the podcast, so. That's fair. Yeah. All right. One of my stock ups has nothing to do with running. Or kind of has something to do with running. Sweet treats. Oh. There's nothing quite like a sweet treat. Are we talking about build performance hour? No, 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 no. And my girl, so Roxy's introduced a sweet treat method to me where it's like, he, it's kind of like a treat yourself. Remember that? And like the whole thing with the Z's and sorry. Hooping you in with the dogs. Yeah. Incentivizing you with a little treat. Basically, yeah. That's I know. But she wants, she, at night, she's like, I want a sweet treat. Like she wants like candy or like some ice cream or something like that. And like during the, like the weeks of training, like I'm getting, I'm going to run 102 miles this week. I kind of need a sweet treat to kind of keep me going. Yeah. And also to kind of like, I would say like relieve some of the pressure that you put on yourself when you are training that hard. So yesterday at Trivia, a free beer, that's a little sweet treat. That's a little sweet treat. It's not going to hurt anybody. A little beer. A little beer is a little sweet treat. A Mexican lager. It tastes lager. great. Yeah, I love a good Mexican lager. Um, I, uh, that's a good one. I, uh, for me, I usually rip a Pop-Tart from the vending machine on my way to do my bike to hold. That is a good sweet treat. But, you know, I hit the ketone and then I get the Pop-Tart in. So basically, totally cheap. <laughs> so I totally get ketone. It's like. My body's in ketosis. It can take one out. It can take a pop tart. You're down yeah. easy. That's funny. Um, DNing on Strava stock up. Okay, I, I I should just call it DNing stock up. Yeah. Um, because and that's it. Just because Strava now has DMs. You can't add anybody yet. I have DM'd people back. Yeah. Uh, please don't DM me. Um, if you're listening to this. Uh, but uh, can you guess who first person DM? Oh, I did. That him on is it because he got DM'd you also? <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, actually, my first DM was Joe and Hill, yeah. uh, our old intern, and I knew it was gonna be some bullshit. And it was like, what them feet do or something like that. So, <laughs> shout out Joe for sliding my Strava DMs and asking for some feet pics. I like to imagine that just like Frank Lauren, Sydney, like the employees at Strava are like monitoring the DMs and they're just like looking at this, like because all this shit of all like the all the all the. Who knows what's going on in the Strava DMs, but it goes down in the Strava DMs now. So yeah. There you go. You see no context posted, like, do not send me pictures of your Strava DMs. Yes. I am not supporting this. Yes, yes. Good, good, good for no context. Yeah. You're stepping up because that would be a slippery slope. There's a wire. Or even a line and kids yes. cross that. Yeah. Yes. I did see some, like, hatefulness, like, some hate on it, for sure, where people are like, this is an app for training, not for soliciting. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I think... They're def it definitely serves utility. <laughs> That's so I, totally. I think there's a lot of good that can can come out of it, um, and then vice versa. You know. Yeah. All right. My last stock up is uh, Jen Lecay's qualifying for the Olympics at the Valencia Marathon. Yeah. And I thought that was a really cool story of just like 
she's just gone through the ringer the past three years. She was when she tore her Achilles at the Olympics. Was it, was it in Tokyo? I, I think it was in the Olympics. And like, like in the prelim yeah. or the final, like she tore her Achilles and like was in a whole fucking like cast. Yeah. Like it's not like a Bowerman Achilles surgery, you're in the little boot, and next thing you know, you're running yeah. 13 flat a month later. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she was. Yeah, she looked pre ending. Yeah, you know what I mean, type of. And she had a kid like not too long ago yeah. last year, and now she's qualified for the Olympics. And just to like make that jump up in a couple of years, this very two huge life events, you know, that could totally. totally impact your running to come back. And she ran like two twenty three, and then the new slots are too along the way. Yeah, which know, insane. Yeah. yeah. So shout out to her. Well, yeah, her. and shout out to Izzy Bat. Um, she got the Australia. She was right there with uh, oh, sick. channel. So, yeah, yeah, friend of mine. From the NCAA running days, um, I had this. Uh, this is a good one. Uh, <laughs> stock up, thinking it's the bell lap, or thinking it's the finish, but it's actually just the bell. Yeah, that's the Lopez Lamont shit. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, Connor Burns, you're gonna have an amazing NCAA career. Unfortunately, indoor 5K is their part. It's a long lapse. I get it. I probably would have done it too, but uh, unfortunately, comes through. Thank you. Ran like 13, 20. Little yeah. thing, you know. Yeah, and that happened up to you. Yeah. Well, he was yeah. yeah. I didn't even see it. I didn't see it either. I just saw uh, a rarely about it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a bummer. But uh, hey, you're a part of a very good club uh, with Lopez Lamont, Yomif. Yomif. That has done it, you know? And those guys are some of the best runners in the world. Right. So Connor's right on track to also be one of the best. You want to know what I think would help Connor? What? In this situation. Yeah. He transferred to Santa Clara. Yeah. <laughs> Go Broncos. <laughs> um, our honey gospel stock up. All right, yeah, that's that's good for me. I can move on. Stock, stock down. Up. Yeah. The thing is, I never had as many stock downs as I have stock ups. I think that's all right. I got plenty. We're just a. Po- I was gonna say we're a positive bunch, but apparently we're not. Nice. Okay. My stock downs are just becoming a different way to be positive. Yeah. So, all right, stock down. <laughs> Indian athletics, because <laughs> what? Because remember the whole controversy about like the New Delhi championships where every runner dipped because yeah. the do- the WADA guy showed up or yeah. the SIOP guy showed up. Remember there was only one guy that actually competed in the yeah. final. Yeah. He just got popped. <laughs> I'm so glad you did this one because that is on by them also. <laughs> Why'd you let me keep talking? <laughs> it was so funny. I saw that the world like you've got to be shit. Yeah, and the one guy who was like, "Wow, this sucks." All those dopers is now also about to be like, "I'll get him. no." He was like, "I'll get on with this one." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is this the one that had the most balls to be like, you know what? I got nothing else. I'm gonna do this race. Like, go ahead, test me. Yeah, yeah. That is a that is a good stock down. New Delhi's uh, state championships stock down. Uh, doping in India, stock up, stock up. That is, it's through the roof. It is prevalent, <laughs> um, and they're not even trying to hide. Yeah. Um, they're just not showing up. Our, I said stock down the old collegiate 15, 5,000 meter records because this weekend, Grand Blanks shout out and uh, Parker Valby shattered those records at BU this weekend. Yeah. So stock down, uh, Lowy. Emily Session, stock down. You're out. And we're out. Session. Session. Yes. Sorry. 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 Stock down the Philadelphia Eagles. football team. They have, I mean, what's your, I don't care if this guy is American sweetheart. Get him off the damn field. Who was it? Jalen Burtz or no, you're, you're head of security. Get on the field. Big Dom. Big Dom. Big Dom. Yes. Vince Papali looking at us, shoving 
and one of our Niners players on the field. The amount of really lots of Sopranos references I saw um, mm-hmm. of like the Philadelphia Eagles being like the Sopranos. Yeah, I'm only because he's got the big Italian flag on the side, and our head coach also has a big Italian flag over like Weiser and stuff was uh, pretty funny. But that guy is so beloved in Philadelphia. Like he's been around since like Andy Reid and like Donovan Mab era, and he like picks up every like potential new player from the airport and he's in every picture ever. You know what I mean for like a signing. And he also does all like the scouting for the team. Like he like he's the guy that like in Moneyball where they find like the dirt about players. You know they yeah. like really deep or sorry in uh, there's like a football drafting movie. Uh, with uh, Kevin Costner. Oh, it's called The Invincible with Vince Papali. <laughs> also, great movie. And um, Mark Wahlberg's stock. Oh, just don't watch that movie. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, not a good look for Dom. I uh, got a standing ovation on the way out. Everyone, every, everyone was like, we got to win this game for Dom. And like, I've heard that been slapped and we got slapped. Dom, little did we know. We having Dom not be on our sideline anymore. Everyone's like, "Oh, we're done. You know, we're done." <laughs> that's a that's fair. That's fair. Uh, stock down, doubling. First time appearance on stock up and stock down, <laughs> doubling uh, because of motherfucking Graham Blake's. Yeah. Have you seen his weekly training? Yeah. No, it is insane. The kid basically does not double. For whatever fucking reason, Gibby, we need answers. Yeah. Uh, the dude runs like 16 miles a day, and he's running like 110 miles. And if you would go back on Estrava, like this dude since like July 1st has been just cranking like at very least 13 mile runs a day. Yep. And it is so impressive, and he's running them at six minute pages. So doubling. If you want to be an NCAA champion uh, and all that stuff, I would break so quickly if I tried to do. Like his type of training, you gotta be like that. Yeah, that is gnarly, man. Everybody's different. Yep, that's all I stocks down. And I also uh, owe Graham Blake's apology because I said in the last pod that stock up Kai Robinson back on the track is gonna mess everyone up. Graham Blake's had something else to say about that. So he's got the momentum. He'll my last. He does once. Once you taste winning, that is the only thing you know. So if you get doubles. See, that is the best topic the Eagles know nothing about. Um, is that it for you? That's all I got. All right, good. I got one more. Uh, Eric Colt's arc trainer. Is that this thing? Yeah, that's, uh, there's a story of Eric Colt on his arc trainer, just absolutely ripping at yeah. like, the shreds, just grinding and hustling on it, just big old white sweaty shirt down to his knee i know sure and like it had moved and he was talking about he has to keep moving it back because he's just working that thing over good shout out eric cole grinding away and flag that's it for stock up psych stop down hope you enjoyed that um we're gonna jump into a quick uh mailbag questions uh thank you for the comments on youtube leave them for to be on next week's mailbag uh or DM us on Instagram on Tintalk Pod or you know what? DM Joey or I on Strava and maybe that will work too. So first one, we're get, we got me these quickly. Um, what type of cross training have you seen the best benefit for you in terms of getting fit again quickly from Matt DeFries? I raced Matt, Matt DeFries in uh, college. Not nice. here. Yeah. Shout yeah. out, shout out, Matt. Left a very nice comment and left us some great questions. Okay. So, is there actually the two mailbags week are both from Matt? Sick. Cross training? That's just like aqua jogging. Yeah. It's usually the best. I think um, it's the most in terms of 
motion the closest to running. So I disagree. I think aqua jogging is the best when it comes to recovery and, you know, like getting the biggest bang out of the buck for feeling better the next day. But this question specifically says getting fit again quickly. And I think swimming then has to be the one. Getting fit quick. Is, yes. Yeah. Swimming for swimming. Sure. I mean, like you did that when you've come back from adult or PRP, like you were yeah. hiking in the pool and I can send the same for myself is like swimming. Get your heart rate up the quickest, most consistently, you know, biggest giant for your butt. Shoulder ski. I just think that like on the bike, like you're like to really get the same amount of like heart rate, you know, and like fitness benefit on the bike, you you got to be on there for a while. Yeah. That's and there's a point of diminishing returns for sure for like what it does to your back and your knees and your body in general. Like I've been putting in like hour bikes in the afternoon, which like isn't a ton when you compare it to, you know, what a triathlete does, but for sure I feel like there's a point where I'll start to feel like worse because I'm working muscles that are just completely different than running muscles. Whereas like swimming is very like full body core. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when you're kicking, you can really get your quads and hamstrings rolling. So yes, yeah, swimming is the answer to that right. one. Uh, question two. Thanks again, Matt. If you could go back and tell your high school self anything or change anything about your training, what would you do differently? It's uh, that's kind of a tough one. Um, I don't know, like how, like I ended up here, you know. It's like, why would I do anything different? I think I've made it about as far as anybody ever made it farther than anybody ever thought I would make it. I think I wasn't necessarily like lined up to be a professional runner by any means. So I think, um, just staying the path and just like rolling with the punches as they come it's probably the one bit of advice like, Hey, it's just not going to be easy. Like how did we bad it to be easy? Yeah. And that's kind of like along the same wavelength as mine. Like for the first part of this question, if I could go back and tell my high school self anything, it definitely, uh, would be, I mean, not to like quote, just straight up Rocky, but like, it's not all, it's not going to be all sunshine and rainbows. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or it's like it, and you really will get like kicked in the face in this sport eventually <laughs> like you're gonna push the envelope you're gonna set a pb and like i wanted to quit because of getting dark to the sharks has happened to me now professionally for sure so uh get ready for just the ups and downs but know that the growth that you're gonna have as a person through it all is worth it yeah i think one other thing and this is something i've told you before and whether it resonated with you i don't care it made me feel good about myself was something that my uh like head track coach who was a throws coach told me before the state cross country meet my senior year, which was the only state beat I made. He said, when you get to that starting line, like take 20 seconds just to look around and take it all in. Like you'll never have an experience like that ever again. Like don't be afraid to appreciate that in the moment. And I think giving yourself those opportunities to appreciate those times where you, you know, say you did make it to a spot that you weren't sure you were going to make it to, like just being able to take that all in and appreciate it for what it, what it is and kind of help ground you. A little bit in terms of like you've done so much already like this is just the you know the cherry on top of the cake i think it's super important yeah absolutely and for the second part of this question just to speak on what would i do differently in training i think the only thing i would do differently in terms of training for when i was in like college would be just uh don't be afraid of like speed work like i my training was so one-dimensional and i think that it is important to not put yourself into a box early on in your career mm -hmm. and especially with like high school runners like don't just because and i think i spoke on this in our first podcast a little bit where like don't just put yourself in a box that you're a mile or, or you're a 10k runner or you're a strength guy and you can't kick mm -hmm. 
you got to work on that stuff right. to get better at that. You know, like go do hill sprints. Like hill sprints is probably the biggest thing that I would like look back and be like, man, I wish I would have been doing hill sprints in high school and throughout college because and developing those muscles and right. you know, getting all that going. So that's the biggest one that I would give for advice for like if I could change anything, go back my training was giving myself a chance to really develop my kick and prove to myself that I could be a, a speed runner and not put myself into like this box of like, oh no, two miles, my right. cross country guy. Yeah, you know? totally. Like I did it to myself. All right, next segment before we have Katie come on here uh, is TME as this this week we are going to do TME as sea creatures. <laughs> this is a silly one. It's a silly one. Fun side. Uh, yeah, so for, for any new listeners here, TME as is basically 10 men elite. We are putting people associating with something in the under the seat. Yeah. <laughs> a category. Hey, this time it's under the seat. This is under the seat uh, for any athlete of Timanolate. So, Joey, you want to kick us off? Yeah. So, we'll start with Drew. Start with Drew. Yeah. Always start with Drew. That's, uh, that's, that's that always just how it works. Drew is first. He gets started. I put the California sea lion. Nice. And you want to know why? Yeah. Because they're known for their barking. <laughs> they don't cough. Get out the hell out. <laughs> we also cough a little bit, but always talking in practice. That's true. And That's it's not true. about 95% of the time, it's not annoying, but 5% of the time. <laughs> um, I put Drew as the blue whale. The blue whale. Wow. Just a, just a, just a big, majestic creature. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, they hold a lot of uh, weight to them. Yeah. You know, not like physically, mm-hmm. uh, but I think Drew is, uh, yeah, it's got a lot. Emotional a creature. Lot. A lot to him, yeah. Um, okay. Next one. Uh, I'm going to do uh, Katie Kaminara. Kaminara. <laughs> what did I just say last week? I gotta get this right before she comes off. Kevarina. Kevarina. Damn it. What's good? Katie Kevin. Katie Carbonara. Marvinara. Say it one time. Kamarina. Kevarina. Marina. Yeah, just gonna bell it out. Just sound it out. Just like reading her own. I said seahorse. A seahorse. Yeah, because. Uh, well, we don't really know the new recruits that well. Um, and I just felt like she was a seahorse. Okay. I did the Pacific Octopus. Oh, because I have that octopus for someone else. The, the Pacific Octopus is a very, like, adaptive creature. Like, they usually change color to blend into their environment, right? I thought that Katie, just ever since she graduated college, has, like, very much had to adapt to the environments that she's been in, training at Flagstaff, training in Portland. Like, she's had a lot of, like, weird coaching situations that have happened. And I think, and also, like, her being an assistant coach as well. I think she's had to do a lot to get to this point, like to change and adapt, and she did a really good job at that. And that's something also an octopus does really well. Nice. Um, I put I put Connor. Oh, really? Ball fly. That was real. Weren't you gonna say out of the great? That was great. That was great. Mine was um, I put Connor as my octopus. Okay. Uh, because he typically wants to hide. Okay. And uh, you know, uses camouflage to like be away from PL. But in reality, like once he's out front and with everyone, mm-hmm. you know, he has a lot to offer. Got it. Like, okay. Close, you know? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. a good one. I put uh, the manta ray for Connor. The manta ray has the largest brain of any fish that has been studied by scientists. And I like to think that Connor is probably the smartest guy on our team. Nice. So big brain. Nice. So the Connor manta ray. Nice. 
All right, let's do Savannah. Savannah, I put clownfish. Nice. I did, this one isn't as well thought out. I just assume that Savannah really likes finding Nemo. Mm. That just kind of aligns with her personality a little bit. Yeah. It's just like kind of like a fun, she got fun personality. So I think she really likes finding Nemo. So I put clownfish. I put her as a dolphin. Dolphin. Uh, because she's very social. Mm -hmm. As all of it, dolphins love uh, come up to boats. Yeah. That's a good one. So I like that. I like, that. like she it has a ton of interpersonal skills and she's went on a run with like all these guys, you know, on the yeah. team, like when she, her first day here and it just, she was able to blend it and just, yep. So great. So great. Uh, you want to do Anthony Calvary? Are all stuff you I put, I put Anthony as a tuna. Nice. Because tuna is a big one. Well, he's not big by any means, but tuna are like larger fish and that fast as shit. Yeah. So, and nice, nice. Deceptively fast. I put I put him as a sturgeon. A sturgeon. What's sturgeon. Sturgeon. Sturgeon is a big old fish. This is a big old fish. But Anthony's got a chassis that I have yeah. never seen before. Yeah. yeah. Look up look up a sturgeon. I will. Yeah. I'll look up the sturgeon. Yeah. Um, Joey. That's me. Uh, I put you as an otter, the dog of the sea. <laughs> okay. The otter. I ghost. Little figgy in the water. Yeah, he's exactly. I put a barracuda because that was my nickname. Joey Barracuda. That was my nickname growing up. Barracuda. That's a good one. Also, yeah. one of the, you're just not a barracuda at all. You're just not. You're not vicious like that. Come on. That you know of. <laughs> Anyways, not. My point is Tony on sea otter because I said I thought about that. I just thought about that. Too. Like, I actually put. Uh, Otter for you and and Antonio. Okay, but then I was like, Nah, I don't do that. And then I so. Well, here's the thing. We'll say we're the same on that. Otters are like very cute and fun. Antonio's like a cute kid. Funny, yeah. like that's totally. It's funnily talks. Yeah, in full accent. They're also they're also vicious. Yeah, we're vicious creatures. Yeah, they don't get shit. And I didn't Antonio was on that same boat. Yeah, I. Uh... All right. <laughs> well, we're going out of line now because now we're just saying which one we would have added. Um, because I also have a clownfish. I didn't say my clownfish after you put clownfish for Savannah. Anyway, um, Antonio, I put as a swordfish okay. because um, I just thought of Spanish conquistadors and I like swords. I put the devil as a fellow Spaniard. I'm as a fellow Spaniard. Yeah. Pure blood spam. All right. I put, I put you as a swordfish. Nice. And I think it's because they're aggressive. They're highly sought after in a sense. Mm. And they're also super colorful. And I think the way you dress is, could be defined as colorful with your, with your fashion. With my even uh, or yeah, yeah. just my thrift sweater today. Yeah. It's just a different look. All right. Let's do read next. Um, I, I, I didn't put anybody as a shark because I didn't want anybody saying, oh, it seems like got shark energy. Yeah. yeah, yeah screw yeah. that. Um, go ahead. I put Reed as a crawfish. A crawfish. <laughs> That's offensive, but go on. <laughs> oh, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> I put Reed as a humpback whale. Nice, because they are. That's like the same reason why I gave way out to Drew. Is what you're about to say? No, it's because they're like a super like long migratory mammal, and Reed is our marathon man. So, yeah, that's good. That's a good one. You'll find them in San Francisco Bay every now and then. That is a good one. All right. Uh, I gave, uh, you want to do Brogan next? Yeah. All right. I gave Brogan a clam. <laughs> the very hard shell exterior, you know, but like once he gets known and you get to have around with him, you know, 
Nice little pearl. Nice little pearl in there. That's a good one. Really, really well broken. Wow, that's gonna make me. Uh, I put a more eel. Nice. You cut this hood. Yeah. Because they are typically in uh, in holes of solitude and broken uh, for the longest time before he jo joins in and elite. Yeah. Do so many workouts by himself and he just thrives when he's alone. And even like this marathon buildup, like he had such good training by himself, you know, like he doesn't mind being out of his own and getting it done on his own. For sure. Um, should we do Coach Hunter? Yeah. Uh, Joan, I put Joan as a clownfish, like I put for Savannah, uh, mainly because clownfish from Finding Evo are very caring, motherly, people likes to stay yeah. her little anemone. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I put a manatee because she's nice. a love of manatee. Yeah. Manatee's a very motherly and they like everybody. A like a sea creature. Yeah. They just want the best for everybody. This is one of my favorite ones for Mark. Okay. Uh, I put a turtle. Turtle. Okay. I put a killer whale. Gosh, we didn't get a single one right together. No, we didn't. Ah, oh, I could learn too. Why did you put a turtle? Uh, I, I just saw the mark as a turtle. Yeah, I did put more thought into these. This is, these are a lot of like gut things. Uh, I think, yeah. I think Mark is one of the most- T Tough shell, sorry, sorry. Turtle because he's a tough shell. Yeah. Um, but very, very lovable. Yeah, I think Mark is one of the more cutthroat runners out there sorry what did you say what cutthroat kind of like mentality when no i meant running. what type of sea creature was killer whale killer whale. orca i like i just think he's a very cutthroat person by nature but they're also like they can also be very friendly if they don't feel like yeah eating you and so um you really care this segment you know thank you the segment would be pretty bad <laughs> so yeah mark mark is just vicious and he's a savage and i can't imagine I could have imagined trading with him. I probably would have been, yeah, chewed up and spit out alive. Yeah, out for sure. Do we get everyone? Um, no, Austin. And Austin. Um, dang it, I forgot to get one to Max. Um, Austin, I gave a stingray. Stingray. Because? Um, because that dude freaking floats on the track when he runs. So that, was like, that was like the big reason is like his feet don't touch the ground type of thing. I put a sailfish because they're the fish that kind of like are up there in terms of like having the fastest acceleration. You know, he is our speed demon for now. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, sorry, I didn't get Max one. I put a, I put a, a sea turtle. Yeah, Max turtle. Yeah, he's a big, big turtle energy. Yeah, it's a big turtle energy. Nice. He just love a sea turtle. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in uh to the first part of this podcast we have katie coming on in a second here before we get to that i wanted to shout out our sponsors pillar performance uh triple magnesium i've been taking this stuff every single night you can get yours it is the single best recovery supplement on the market today it'll help you sleep it'll decrease your soreness the next day it has all the good stuff in it you can get it in pill format or in the powder delicious uh I was just actually on a run today talking to someone, a U.S. champion, and he was asking me for more that I could hook him up with. Just being oh, a U.S. champion. Uh, well, we were <laughs> for a little bit. You were joined us for a little bit. But uh, he was asking to get some more because he takes it every night, and he's just mooching off uh, my supplies. But if you want to get some yourself, use code TINTALK off your first order, 50% off. This stuff is legit. It'll make you feel better running. It'll increase everything that you're looking to get out of your recovery. So <laughs> enjoy pillar performance as much as I have. I have no doubt it will help you with your running and get you feeling good the next day. 
Thank you so much. And let's now welcome Katie. Welcome to the podcast, Katie Camarena, San Juan Capistrano's finest, rewriter of UCSB and Portland State University's record books, has ranged for days, two times, two time NCAA All American, US Championship finalist, sub 430 miler, recently coming off a 1518 5000 meter indoor PB, and last but certainly not least, the newest member of Tin Man Elite. Welcome to the podcast. How are things going moving into Boulder? Thanks. They're so good. That was quite the intro. That's... Thank you. Thank you. Usually, yeah. usually um, I get a lot of things wrong in there, so I'm no, glad you haven't was, corrected me on anything. That was all all true. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to me about, uh, so this is what, 48 hours into being in Boulder now? Yep, just about. And you're just now moving into a new house with Savannah and Anthony. Mm-hmm. Where are you guys at in that process? Um, it's It's gone pretty well. We don't have any like big furniture yet, but we're all moved into our rooms and it's getting pretty set up, so yeah. we're picking up a couch after this. So big time, making big progress. Time. Yeah, nice. Talk to me about um, this whole transition and what it's been like this past year. I know you finished your career at Portland State, and then you were training uh, unsponsored uh, out in Flagstaff for quite a bit. So, like, talk to me a little bit about kind of uh, your journey since now arriving now in Boulder with Tim Elliott. Yeah, it's kind of been a crazy year. I finished actually at the end of last indoors, like almost two years ago now. And then went out to Flagstaff to train with Colleen. My coach at the time was coaching her. So we just kind of got together and that worked out really well. And then I was basically back and forth between Flagstaff and Portland. And it was a a lot. Um, Never really got into like a very good routine. But I mean, I love Flagstaff and I loved training with all those people. But yeah, I'm glad to be in like a more stable setup now. And I'm really excited for what's to come here. So yeah. yeah. Was that was that the thing that was like the hardest part was like not really knowing like where you'd be next for the next yeah. month and stuff. So like always planning on the fly. Yeah, it was pretty much like three months at a time was the longest I was in Flagstaff or Portland. And then mm-hmm. in Flag, I had people to train with, but I was doing like my coaching was remote. Mm-hmm. And then if I went back to Oregon, it was like, I don't really have people to train with, but I have a coach in person. So neither one was really like an ideal setup. But yeah, I was just trying to make it worse, work as much as possible. So Yeah. What are some of the biggest things that you learned, you know, like when you were in Flagstaff, like with being around, you know, Nikki and Colleen, like what are some of the stuff that you learned from them? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, they're seasoned pros now. Yeah. You know, like I would consider them both veterans, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they both are. Um Nikki works out, does some insane workouts. It was super fun to kind of follow them around the track. Mm-hmm. We had we had some workouts we did together that were just like kind of insane. Um, yeah, they're an animal and it's super fun to train with them. And then Colleen is uh, just like such a solid athlete. Like I've seen her basically at like every phase, I think, of her her training the last two years and she's just like she keeps showing up she keeps grinding and that's just I mean that's why she's as good as she is and why she's had as much success as she's had so mm-hmm. yeah two super fun people to train with there's a lot of a lot of good people in flag so yeah yeah did you ever did you have any like uh very humbling moments like with oh yeah you were like whoa yeah that's a that that's another tax bracket <laughs> yeah yeah I've I think I've probably been humbled by like that whole that whole squad in flag For stuff sure. um yeah, Colleen, uh, right before the 5K in New York, she 
she put the work on me and it didn't work out and she had been saying she wasn't feeling that good and then I don't know something something clicked that day but yeah, yeah. she gave me the business on a on a hill workout so nice. and yeah. you two were living together then mm-hmm. yeah I was living in Colleen's yeah. house so that was super fun it was it was a fun time yeah, yeah. lots of time together but yeah lots for sure of fun activities so. <laughs> and then um talk to me about the race this past weekend uh just coming off that 15 18 that's an indoor PB. Your outdoor PB is fifteen fourteen, mm-hmm. correct? Yep. Uh, talk to me about the race. How did it play out? Uh, what were your expectations going into the race? Yeah, um, I sort of had a little bit of higher expectations. I thought I might run a little bit faster, but I haven't okay. really done a lot of indoor, so I feel like it's still a learning process for me. Uh, indoor feels like so chaotic, and yeah, I, I feel like it's yeah. just something that will probably take some practice. But I feel like it was good. It's December. I mean, mm-hmm. almost a PR. And I think there's still, like, a lot of things I could have fixed in the race. So it was a pretty good learning experience and fun, fun race. Lots of fast times in there. So, yeah, and the trip itself was really fun. For sure. I, like, um, whenever I've raced indoors, like, I always find myself just, like, I feel like in outdoors you can get away, like, pretty easily, like, jumping to the outside and, you know, like, yeah. doing sort of things like that to, like, get positioning where it's, like, indoors, the times where I have, you know, ran in these, like, very high-pressure races, you know, and, like, B, you will always feel like that just because everyone is there yeah. and so quickly. Right. Um, Is I've always felt like the straightaways are so fast, like, everyone surges on the straightaways that I've always yeah. just wanted to just, like, tuck in and, like, buy my time. And it's, like, I feel like I you only have, like, one true move in indoors where outdoors I can really, like, move around a lot and really uh, yeah. have that sort of feeling, yeah. Yeah, he was, I think, in last at the start. I got off the line Did so you? slow, so I was, <laughs> like, basically just trying to get up and actually be in the race for the second half. But it's fun, so. Yeah, I think that's definitely one of, like, the biggest mistakes that I see athletes do indoors is that, like they'll make a move to like run outside and like really get up front and everything and then they just get swallowed right back up again so yeah I think there's nothing wrong with being in last and just running a smart race yeah uh, I know Antonio did something very similar yeah he did I think <laughs> I think Joan literally told him to do what I did so yeah. we kind of had like similar race plan mine was a little I didn't mean to be like all the way to back but yeah. sometimes it's just how it happens yeah for sure uh, how did it feel you know like running in the Adidas kit for the first time and everything like it was that. fun um, Mark didn't get it to me until like the day before the race, yeah. so it was kind of a fun <laughs> process of trying to make sure everything fit and then try. I was pretty surprised, and, yeah, at, that you ran in the spikes and everything and the yeah. kit like without any like trying it on beforehand or anything. Yeah, I I was on the fence if I was going to, and then I got it, and it was like, I mean, it fit well enough, and the mm-hmm. shoes fit, it felt good, so I was like, might as well just go for it. So where do you go from here now? Like coming off of that. Um, I think that you mentioned that U.S. cross country is something that you have on the horizon. Yep. And then, like, I guess talk to me about what are some of your big goals and aspirations for this year? Yeah, so U.S. cross is January. It's a 10K, which I have mixed feelings about, but that's okay. Um, and then I might be running a 10K on the track. We'll see what uh, what Joan wants to do with that. Nice. And then I think mostly do 5Ks outside of that, hopefully run as close to 15, if not under 15. So nice. yeah, that's pretty much the So goal. 5K, the focus for outdoors, and then yeah. potentially trying to make the the U.S. cross-country team then yeah, for that race. Yeah, yep. that, that, that'll be really exciting. I uh, with uh, I know Joey's going to be doing U.S. cross also, yeah. and maybe Drew, so hopefully we'll have a full squad out there. 
uh, I don't think Savannah's doing U.S. No. cross. She no. said okay. no cross country. <laughs> She's done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I'm not as burnt out from cross as she seems to be, so. It was really interesting when I was, like, doing, uh, you know, my groundwork for this podcast when I was looking at, you know, college, and I said, like, you had range for days in the, uh, in your introduction was, like, you have the 800 meter record, you know, at like the year past universities. And then you ran the steeplechase, the 5k, like you did everything at one point, you know, yeah. and then qualifying individually for cross country nationals. Is there something where you feel, I guess, like for me, I run the 5k and like, that's not my favorite event. Um, mm-hmm. Is that the same for you or what is your relationship with like all these different events? You know, like, yeah. is, is there one where you feel the most comfortable in, or is there one that is your favorite and, I'd say, well, it's been an evolution. I'd say when I was first at Santa Barbara, it was definitely like 800 was my favorite, Mm -hmm. but I don't think I was fast enough to like run the 800. So then it was the 1500 and then 5Ks just felt like too long. But then when I got to Portland State, I was like, okay, I think this is more my event. And now I think the 5K is my favorite. So Mm it feels like a good place to be when you're enjoying it and running well in it. So yeah, just moving up. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I definitely kind of, for me, it's definitely like I want to be running like miles and 15s, but I kind of know that 5K is where like my body is going to enjoy like racing in the most. Right. And yeah. It's definitely like, I guess, been my focus. Um, so you, you mentioned that um, I saw in a previous interview that your brother was probably one of your biggest inspirations. Yep, he was. Um, as far as like getting into running and everything, like, and that's that's the same for me. Like, I had an older sister, mm-hmm. um, and kind of the same story as you, where I saw her running cross country and making NXN and doing all these cool things, and I just also thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about your brother and yeah. how you got your start in running through him? Yeah, um, growing up, I basically looked up to him a lot and kind of wanted to just do whatever he was doing. And I had always played softball growing up, never did running or anything. And I needed a sport to do in the fall. And my brother was running cross country. So I went out to the meet and I was like, okay, this looks fun. Like, I think I could do this. And he was more of an 800 runner. So I wouldn't say cross was really his favorite, but it was just like fun to watch, exciting to do. And Mm -hmm. I just wanted to do what he was doing. So yeah, that kind of sparked it. And it's kind of been a competition ever since. I mean, he didn't he didn't really continue running much uh, into college, but yeah, his mile PR is 4:27. So I've been chasing yeah. that one down, trying you to want get the, the family record. Yeah, nice. yeah 4:29. But this year, it's uh, it's gonna be mine. So nice. well, let's just start training again. Let's this go. Year, so you can't, uh, get, so you can't just completely jump up with 10k then because you gotta. Yeah, I gotta. You, you gotta get the family record mile. first. <laughs> yeah, get that done, and then then we'll move up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what is uh. So I know that like for growing up, like you certainly were the underdog in terms of like uh, you never made states, you know, in call in high school or anything like that. So like what kept you going like through all this like running career and now running professionally, like you're certainly like an underdog's underdog story and an inspiration, you know, to so many that, you know, will aspire to, you know, get to the place that you are in now. Mm-hmm. Like what can you speak on to those, you know, young women that, you know, maybe don't think they deserve to continue to run in college or even aspire to run professionally in one day? Yeah, I think like the part that's kept me going is just making sure that I'm still like having fun with it. I think it's really about who you surround yourself with, like your teammates, the people who you have to see every day. I feel like I've had a lot of people who have like 
believed in me even when I didn't and then also just made it like so much fun it's like mm-hmm. if you're having fun you're gonna run well you want to like show up work hard and then like run hard for your teammates too but yeah I, I never made state I don't even know if I won league ever yeah like it was kind of just like yeah. I don't know maybe I was like second or third sometimes but yeah it was just like fun and showing up for my teammates and then yeah in college I had like at Santa Barbara I had like such a great group they were all awesome so it was like that's pretty much what kept me going and then same at Portland State it was like so fun to kind of be the first to do it and kind of be like okay well I'm doing this and like these are my steps like you guys can definitely do it too so yeah it was it was fun. At what point like in high school you know through all this were you like I really want to keep doing this? Hmm. I didn't know if I could keep doing it probably until my senior year and then I was like that'd be super fun to keep running in college you know I've I've had a really fun time with it. And then I went on a couple of visits and I obviously couldn't say no to being in Santa Barbara. So yeah. I was like, well, I'll just go there and it's a good school too. So if, if the running doesn't pan out, I'll yeah. at least uh, have a good education and then got there and just kept it going. So yeah. yeah, for sure. And then like what brought you to Portland State after Santa Barbara? Yeah, that was kind of a weird, weird story, but I... uh decided to redshirt my senior year at Santa Barbara and then that ended up being the COVID year also so it was I like can't grasp like what yeah. what I would have done in college like if I had the COVID year like I know there are different people like went on training camps and went yeah. to altitude and got really good at running you know like mm-hmm. uh, I certainly can't wrap my mind around it just in terms of like I was so locked into what I was doing in college and the fun I was having and stuff to all yeah. of a sudden having all that like ripped under the rug and then having to like all of a sudden come back and be great again like yeah I I, I don't know how I would have responded to that but you certainly yeah I think responded really way. good for me <laughs> I think it I mean I stayed in Santa Barbara during COVID and there was pretty much nothing to do but like run mm-hmm. so I took a really long break when we found out um there wasn't gonna be a we didn't do indoor really there so as soon as outdoor was canceled I was like I'll just take a break and then basically like had nothing to do but run and recover and I feel like I was making a lot of progress but there weren't any races to really show it so I was like well I have a full year of eligibility now I'll stay for a fifth year but then the big west opted out of cross country and we didn't have indoor so I was like I guess I'm only going to get a track but my coach was like why don't you enter the transfer portal and like see what there is Mm -hmm. so I did that and then I was like well I'm only going to have cross and indoor so I have to go to a school that's like has those and I was like I want to go to cross nationals so I have to find a school that's like guaranteed to go so I like looked up which teams made it and emailed like every single one yeah but with like COVID they were like we don't have money or we don't have roster space damn and one of my teammates who had gone with me to Santa Barbara was at Portland State she was like I think you'd really like it here the coach is like great and I was like oh, I don't know that's kind of not really <laughs> what, my, yeah. what my plans were but then I got on the phone with Josh, the coach, and he was like, you'll go to nationals as an individual, like you'll yeah. do all this stuff. And he he definitely like believed in me, I think even more than I believed in myself. And he was just selling me on this like vision he had and mm. wanting to build the program. And I was like, okay, well, that's like what I want to do. I want to like build something instead of like just being another person at like a school where, sure. so yeah, he basically just convinced me to go and showed up without ever going on a visit or really talking to anyone on the team and yeah it was great and we pretty much did everything he 
he envisioned in his plan, probably more than that, honestly. Yeah. So yeah, it worked out really well and I'm I'm really happy that I went there. Yeah. Um in throughout your college experience, I know like through any sport and maybe it's um post college, um could you share with us like what was kind of your highest and your lowest moment like throughout those like five years of running, you know, like throughout college was when, you know, the moment maybe where you felt like you really arrived into the sport and you were the, and you kind of started really becoming the runner that you had dreamed of being. And then, um, yeah, if there was ever a moment that you can think of that is where that yeah. you felt like you wanted to stop or give up or yeah. an injury or anything like that. I think the highest moment was making cross nationals my okay. fifth year. I feel like I had, I never thought of myself as like a cross country runner. I was still yeah. in my 859 <laughs> era. So I feel like, you know, I got fifth, fourth, fifth at at Big Sky Conference. And I was like, that's, I mean, if I'm getting fifth in the conference, I'm not sure if I can make it out of the West region. It's pretty hard to do. And I was talking to Josh and the other coaches and thinking like, what's realistic for me? I was thinking maybe like top 20, like all region I thought was pretty, pretty realistic. And then at regionals, I just had one of those races that you like kind of dream of having. It was like, felt so good through 3k and I was like okay it's gonna get hard and then yeah. get through 4k and 5k and it was just one of those Still like yeah and then probably with 800 to go I think I was maybe in like sixth and I was like okay well like don't fall don't yeah. don't do anything <laughs> crazy just like get to the finish and coming in the last hundred I was I was in fifth and I was like okay well I can see the people in front of me and like I'm making it and it was like a very emotional moment to be like validating all, all the stuff and kind of like realizing like okay I'm a cross-country runner and like I do belong in this kind of race and mm. yeah so that one was like that was a good one yeah. for sure yeah yeah and then lowest ooh, <laughs> i don't know probably indoor nationals i think that final was like that was a tough one um just humbling or what, what, what yeah i just um i mean I, I was ranked third in the country in the mile and i felt like i was running really well um i ran 432 and that was kind of like a surprise. And then maybe, were your expectations going into the race to podium? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking. I mean, I I thought I had a chance to win it. I mean, I think everybody thinks that when you're in that. Yeah. Um, and I had like a, a really good prelim. I mean, it went probably exactly the way I thought it would go. Yeah. Got into the final and then basically got back to the hotel and was just like, oh my gosh, like I don't belong here. Like this is such a stacked field and like seeing people be like, oh, she's going to, like, I don't know, all these other people's, like, mm. ideas of what should happen kind of sure. freaked me out. And then everybody back at Portland State, I was like, oh, I have to do it for them. I have yeah. to do it. And I think I just built up, like, so much pressure around it, which, like I, I was saying, I think it's so much easier when you're, like, having fun. And it kind of got to the point where I was, like, I, I was, like, almost too scared to even race. Wow, yeah. And then, yeah, I was ninth. So it was, like... I mean, that's still very good. Like yeah. a year before, I wouldn't have even thought I would have made nationals. So like, obviously looking back, it's a little bit easier to like put in perspective. But at the time I was like devastated. I like went to the bathroom and cried before the 3K. Yeah. Cause I was like, oh, I let everybody down. Oh my gosh, so you had so another race to come back. Yeah, I did the 3K. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it was just, I think it was all made up in my head. I mean, everyone was still like super proud of me. Of course. Yeah. But it's like when you're in the moment, it's like, oh, I failed everybody. Like everybody did all this stuff for me. And Yeah, for sure. Expectation, expectation is the enemy. Yeah. Right. You know, mm -hmm. where it's like expectation can be like our greatest uh, motivator. 
you know, to work hard and practice and to want to live up to and set the PBs and, you know, reach our goals and everything like that. But as you spoke about in that moment, like it can be just so debilitating in that moment, Mm -hmm. even though like you, you had all the confidence in the world from the validation you had from being one of the fastest in the country, you know, having the third fast time going to that race, like that mental game and like being able to like um seize that moment is definitely i'm sure that was a huge learning moment for you yeah to like take into your yeah. races and find that fun again yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i think it's like before every race just try to like put it in perspective because like that one if i had sat for a second and been like yeah this is so crazy like my mile pr in college was like 508 totally like the fastest i'd ever run was 455 like it was yeah i mean like, like if i had just thought i was the first one to qualify from portland state in nationals like mm-hmm. if think if i had just sat there for like five minutes and been like wow like i've already kind of won just by totally. like but instead it was just yeah i, I kind of just like made up this whole thing in my head and yeah i'm sure i'm sure uh the katie that you know yeah. wasn't uh you know making states or anything yeah. all of a sudden uh could see a video you know of you on a starting line and knowing in her right. heart she had the expectation that she could win yeah you know be the best college runner you know is something that i'm sure she would be incredibly proud of um i've certainly had those same moments also you yeah. know of like imposter syndrome and mm-hmm. you know i'm like what am i doing here yeah like i'll look to my left and i'll look to my right and really feel like i'm gonna get like mo- like eaten alive today mm-hmm. um and i think that it is something like for every runner needs to learn by failure yeah you know mm-hmm. is like uh understanding that like those moments can be so molding and they can you know make you take a step back and i'm sure that in those moments of the greatest stress and nerves that you feel before those races now like bringing that fun and gratitude to them is going to take you so much further yeah you know definitely um and then what was it like then kind of bouncing back you know from that experience then to say like okay like i'm gonna keep going i'm gonna keep running professionally and yeah um all that yeah yeah i think after that i kind of i was like okay well now i'm not gonna get a contract like i i think i like made up in my head like only all americans kind of are like sure gotta be all american and i mean second team is obviously very good too but just i was just so disappointed and then actually colleen called and I was done with my eligibility and she was like, why don't you come out to flag? She yeah. was, she was coming back from injury and had just left, um, Bowerman and was working with Josh, who was my coach. And I was like, well, I might as well get out there and like try it. She was, she, yeah, she was like super supportive of me. Let me live in her house. And yeah, I was there for a month and then didn't race and obviously had like a super fun time in Flagstaff and met all those great people who were out there and was just having fun again and I was like okay well I want to keep doing this and like I, I've really enjoyed this like post-collegiate not really pro but like time that I was having so yeah I think I think that really like kind of saved the trajectory I was on because there were like no offers there was really no yeah so shout out Colleen for uh yeah for, for sure for yeah sure <laughs> yeah. yeah that's amazing uh that certainly is kind of the same um same sort of story where like um I didn't have any you know I didn't have any chance at like you know joining a professional team or anything like that like coming right after college and um 
I was very lucky to have Drew kind of take me under his wing, mm -hmm. like uh, even though he was younger than me, uh, <laughs> as Colleen did for you, mm -hmm. um, to kind of show you the ropes professionally and you know take a chance on you to allow you to train train with them and everything and having that olive branch you know that you can give to someone I think is one of like the greatest gifts of just like uh, belief and understanding of uh, even just a little bit can you can take it so far yeah. um, and uh, also I also was just it kind of got me thinking was when you were talking about your decision making with Portland State um, and how it was kind of this like underdog um, team and it wasn't like the big team and it's like with Tin Man Elite like we were you are, you know, a the cornerstone piece of, you know, the women's team to come, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah. we've never had like a big, um, like we all, we, we've only had one woman before you join, mm -hmm. you know, um, and it's definitely like, that is an incredibly daunting situation to come into, you know, with like yeah. an entire men's team and everything. Um, and I think it definitely speaks to, you know, you as a runner to like have like, um the gusto um i don't know the right word to say but um to put yourself in this situation and believe in it like it means the world and, and it, it means the world to me also yeah. um for you to have that and to i know that the team is going to like grow and flourish you know under like uh your leadership and with savannah it's like i can't wait yeah. to see it all grow um, i'm excited for it too what uh i guess like what were kind of the things that were going through your head like during that decision making process um that you can now share with us uh, <laughs> in terms of like uh that ended up making you say like okay like i want to come and you know join this team in boulder yeah i think it's like what you said about like the underdog team and like I just like the people who are like gritty and like keep showing up and I feel like it's fun to have the ability to like build out the women's team and like have a say in what that's going to look like and you know pick people who we feel like align with our goals and totally, everything yeah. like that so yeah I feel like on my visit basically like everybody said everything I wanted to hear and then you know talking with Mark and Joan it's it felt like it would be a pretty easy transition like training wise and yeah, it just felt like it was going to be a perfect fit. So Yeah, that's great. That's amazing to hear. Uh, and I can't wait to see um, you continue this uh, whole program on. Uh, so last question um, is, are Mount, Ra are Mount Rushmore <laughs> of people you have raced against? Um, so anyone in your life that has been a big influence on you, uh, that you've raced against and they've been one of the best people you've ever raced against and they're just, you know, etched in stone on a wall for you. Yep. Who is your Mount Rushmore? Okay, number one is Colin Quigley. She's got to be on there. Got to be. American icon, CEO of Fast yes. Race Friday. You know, yes. she's just, yes. yeah, she's a great one. Um, yeah, she absolutely dogged me in the road mile. <laughs> um, so shout out to Colleen for that one. Um, yeah, but have you gotten her back? What is I did. I got her <laughs> okay. the 5K nice. in New York. So we, we're one and one. Um, there you go. And then we did a little fun little road 10K um, right before I left Flagstaff and we held hands across the finish. So nice. that we can, do you think, we're not breaking the tie yet. Do you think that uh, you'll ever jump back in a steeplechase? And no. Really? You're done. I mean, maybe. You've got to retire. Uh, yeah. I was uh, a champ. Don't look up any videos because <laughs> you'll be like, what in the world is going on? Um, yeah, no. Josh briefly wanted me to be, but no. Okay, yeah. 
yeah no i that's a different <laughs> thing i don't think i'll ever go back but yeah okay so yeah colleen gets a big big head on the george washington yeah boom. <laughs> um and then nikki's getting one great person to race against um i've also been absolutely worked by them u.s prelim this year but yeah just someone who's so fun to watch race too like absolutely. yeah just great person great athlete um mm -hmm. so yeah that's yeah. on mine they had on mine. just such an incredible last yeah. year yeah i mean unbelievable watch yeah so uh, fun to the u.s championships and yeah know, just destroy everyone was yeah amazing that was <laughs> we were all um in an airbnb together and that was a really fun really fun thing to like be a witness to it was like oh i bet yeah yeah so um yeah okay now i have to think of uh two more um i'm gonna say this one is a, a kind of a wild one well not wild but uh <laughs> Um, is one of my teammates from Santa Barbara, Jenna Hinkle. Shout out um, Jenna. Shout out Jenna. She's great. She was basically like sort of like my role model. She was someone who I like watched very closely. I think um, I was unprepared for what collegiate running was going to be like. And um, she was someone who I really looked up to. And she was a great athlete and a really good friend and a really good mentor. So she's definitely on there. She was running what I thought were like absolutely insane. I remember when she yeah. ran 1608 and I was like, yeah. that's absurd. Like yeah. that is so <laughs> next level. I think I was maybe like a freshman or a sophomore and I was like, I can't even think about. For sure. So those, those, uh, those upperclassmen in college. Yeah. Like, like I had, I had a few too that are still uh, near and dear to my heart. And yeah, same thing, like getting to uh, see them, you know, compete at nationals and see them kind of be the top dogs at conference and all yeah. that and be like, okay, I want to do that too. Yeah. You know, just like your brother was for you at, yeah. at, the, at the very beginning. Yeah, she was someone, she like set all the records and then I was like, I want to break all I got it. And I'm going to break all <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was, yeah, she was, she's definitely on there. Oh, I got to think of one more. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Who won? Who won uh, in Sublays uh, the year you ran it? Oh, indoor, like in the. Oh, I I meant uh, across, yeah. Whitney Orton. Okay. I would say I'm pretty sure you that Whitney. Uh. Oh, I don't know. Ah, shoot. I'm gonna put Chrissy on here. Nice. Here. Nice. Um. Yeah. Because. She's crazy. Badass. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's just an icon who deserves to be on there. Um, that steeplechase at USA's was insane. Um, she's also just super fun and super nice. So, yeah. Chrissy Chrissy likes some of my Strava posts. And nice. I really appreciate it. I love Chrissy so, Strava. Shout out Chrissy. Yeah, shout out I don't out think Chrissy. I've ever actually met Chrissy in person. Oh, well, sure, <laughs> got to get on that. Get out of Flagstaff for Chrissy come out here. I'm trying to recruit everyone to Boulder now that I'm there here. So, let's there get the go. entire Flagstaff squad out here yeah you uh on our um it is it is always cool to see like the community um and like when we did like post your announcement like it was very cool to see all the love that uh you know other like runners in the community like it's you certainly yeah. have like quite the you know fan and support group yeah it was very nice all the years yeah yeah that was uh that was very cool to see yeah um um honorable mention i want to put emma on there but emma and i for have sure raced each other yeah so um yeah shout out shout out Emma. yeah yeah are you um this is just my flag staff i just did a whole flag staff yeah <laughs> um, 
everyone I've trained with. Yeah, yeah. Well, the if we've when we film another podcast in like the years to come, like, uh, and you start doing you know diamond leagues and making more U.S. finals, and everything like there'll be more and more people that you can yeah. add onto your list. Gonna, and uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you'll get a chance to race Emma, unless she just sticks steeplechases, then you might have to. Yeah break your promise here but yeah, uh, let's see yeah other than that i'm sure yeah it will it'll probably change but i actually did think of one last question for you okay. um do you want to speak a little bit about uh the track collective sure yeah. yeah can you tell me about that like what is the part of that and like um yeah i know that was something that when we saw that you were a part of that it was very inspiring to hear that and you know a tim and elite like the our core thing here you know like when when the nike oregon project started their like whole thing was like we're gonna bring medals back to the u.s and then they started training all these foreigners and all this stuff yeah. you know um but the core you know mission statement for tim manley is to push the sport of running forward mm -hmm. you know in yeah. whatever capacity we can whether that's through inspiration whether that's through uh, vulnerability with w what we go through as athletes mm -hmm. um in any manner and the track collective is an amazing organization um that you want to speak on it yeah sure um yeah i guess like how it originally started was colin and i were sitting in flagstaff and we were like i mean talking about the journey that i was on and how she really helped me um basically like is the reason i'm running right now and totally so I think she had sort of, she obviously had a very different experience than I did going through that. And I, I think it was kind of enlightening for her to like hear like us share our stories with each other. And, um, I feel like there are so many runners like me who are like fringe of all American or fringe of making nationals who like, when you get to that point, it's like, you don't have a calling you don't have someone to like bring you and support you. And, so we were like, well, how do we help those people? How do we help the ones who are like right there, like just on the cusp of like having a breakout year, but like just For sure. need something to like push them through. And originally we were like, oh, maybe we should start a women's team. And like, I don't know, there are a lot of like different versions of this, this dream that we had, but then we sort of settled on like a collective being more in line with our goals. Like it's supposed to be pretty inclusive, like pretty much anyone can can benefit from it we just wanted it to be like a community like showing up to usa's by yourself like when i did be there by myself last year i was like this is so daunting and like yeah it takes away like that fun part that i was talking about so it was yeah. like how do we help these people get to the next level so we had like a little group shakeout at usa's so like anyone who was there without a team or people with with a team like chrissy came even though she's on a team it was it was just like a fun way to like connect with people and have people um like get together and not feel so alone. And then we also did fundraising at USA's. We sold some t-shirts to help um, support unsponsored athletes. So we ended up giving, now I can't even remember and I'm gonna miss uh, say how much it was. <laughs> Honestly, it was like, I think it was over a thousand to two athletes um, who were like unsponsored. And I think they were both finished like eighth or ninth at USA's, which is still so great. And um, yeah, so basically the, the whole goal of it is just to like help empower unsponsored athletes and even even athletes who are sponsored and just create community and like help support support each other while we're all going through this silly little running journey yeah, exactly but, yeah yeah that's amazing i definitely think that um 
we'll have to, you know, do some stuff. Like I hope that it carries on, you know, now that you and Colleen maybe are in the same place, but um, I hope you guys, yeah, <laughs> have to get her out for a training camp. Oh, I already, <laughs> she's already committed. So amazing. I'm going to say this on here. So if she doesn't do it, she's, there you she's go. doing five weeks in the springish time. Perfect. So, perfect. That's the time. Here. That's, that was, uh, <laughs> that's the time to be here for sure. Um, well, that's amazing. And I really hope it continues. And, uh, yeah, I'm, we'll definitely have to put our heads together on how to manly can, you know, like raise some money and anyone out there listening, like check out the track collective, uh, amazing startup, uh, that I'm sure is just getting started and, uh, what the impact that they'll have on the sport of running. Thank you guys so much for listening to episode seven. Katie, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all those stories with us. It was amazing. So fun. Yeah. Like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. If you're still listening, you're a real one. Appreciate you so much. And until next time. (laughs) Thank you, Katie. That was great. It was so fun.